Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and The Last Olympian, chapter 15. I do want to say, before I start this chapter, that um, none of this content that I uh, read is mine. I'm just thinking, getting bigger, that I should probably say that. I don't want to get sued. Please no sue. I am child. I cannot afford a lawyer. Uh, anyways, happy Halloween. Chapter 15. Chiron throws a party. Midtown was a war zone. We flew over little skirmishes everywhere. A giant was ripping up trees in Bryant Park while Dreads pelted him with nuts. Outside the Waldorf Astoria... A bronze statue of Benjamin Franklin was whacking a hellhound with a rolled-up newspaper. A trio of Hephaestus campers fought a squad of Drachnae in the middle of Rockefeller Center. I was tempted to stop and help, but I could tell from the smoke and noise that the real action had moved further south. Our defenses were collapsing. The enemy was closing on the Empire State Building. We did a quick sweep of the surrounding area. The hunters had set up defensive line on 27th, just three blocks north of Olympus. To the east of Park Avenue, Jake Mason and some other Hephaestus campers were leading an army of statues against the enemy. To the west, the Demeter cabin in Grover's Nature Spirits had turned 6th Avenue into a jungle that was hampering a squadron of Kronos' demigods. The south was clear for now, but the flanks of the enemy army were swinging around. A few more minutes and we'd be totally surrounded. We have to land where they need us most, I muttered. That's everywhere, boss. I spotted a familiar silver owl banner in the southeast corner of the fight. Third, thirty-third at the party at the Park Avenue tunnel. Annabeth and two of her siblings were holding back a hyper, hyperborean giant. Hyperborean giant. There, I told Blackjack. He plunged towards the battle. I leaped off his back, landed on the giant's head. With the giant looked up, I slid off his face, shield bashing with nose on the way down. Roar! The giant staggered backwards, blue blood trickling from his nostrils. I hit the pavements running. The Hyborian breathed a cloud of white mist and temperatures dropped. The spot where I'd landed was now coated with ice, and I was covered in frost like a sugar donut. Hey, ugly! Annabeth yelled. I hope she's talking to the giant, not me. Blue Boy bellowed and turned against her, exposing the unprotected back of his leg. I charged and stabbed him in... Behind the knee. Wah! The Hyborian buckled. I waited for him to turn, but he froze. I mean, he literally turned to solid ice. From the point where I stabbed him, the cracks appeared in his body. They got larger and wider until the giant crumbled in a mountain of blue shards. Thanks. Annabeth wins, trying to catch her breath. The pig? Pork chops, I said. Good. She flexed her shoulder. Obviously, the wound was, wound was still bothering her. But... She saw my expression and rolled her eyes. I'm fine, Percy. Come on. We've got plenty of enemies left. She was right. The next hour was a blur. I fought like I'd never fought before, wadding into legions of Drachne, taking out dozens of telekines with every strike, destroying Imposa and knocking out demi any enemy demigods. No matter how many I defeated, more took their place. Annabeth and I raced from block to block, trying to shore up our defenses. Too many of our friends lay wounded in the streets. Too many were missing. As the night wore on and the moon got higher, we backed up meter by meter only until we were only a block from the Empire State 
stay building in any direction. At one point, Grover was right next to me, bonking St. Quimmin over the head with his cudgel. Then he disappeared in the crowd, and it was Dahlia at my side, driving the monsters back with the power of her magic shield. Mrs. O'Leary bounded out of nowhere, picked up a Lastragonian giant in her mouth, and flung him in the air like a frisbee. Annabeth used her invisibility cap to sneak behind the enemy lines. Whenever a monster disintegrated for no apparent reason, when a surprised look on another face, I knew Annabeth had been there. But it still wasn't enough. Hold your lines, Katie Gardner shouted somewhere off to my left. The problem was there were too few of us to hold anything. The entrance of to Olympus was six meters behind me. A ring of brave demigods, hunters, and nature spirits guarded the doors. I slashed and hacked, destroying everything in my path. But even if even I was getting tired, and I couldn't be everywhere at once. Behind the enemy troops, a few blocks to the east, a bright light began to shine. I thought it was the sunrise. Then I realized Kronos was riding towards us on his golden chariot. A dozen Lestragonian giants bore torches before him. Two Hyporians carried his black and purple banners. The Titan Lord looked fresh and rested, his powers at full strength. He was taking his time, advancing, letting me wear myself down. Annabeth appeared next to me. We have to fall back to the doorway. Hold it at all costs. She was right. I was about to order in a retreat when I heard the hunting horn. I, it cut through the noise of the battle like a fire alarm. A chorus of horns answered from all around us, echoing off the buildings of Manhattan. I glanced at Thalia, but she just frowned. Not the hunters, she assured me. We're all here. Then who? The horns got louder. I couldn't tell where they were coming from because of the echo, but it sounded like an entire army was approaching. I was afraid, afraid it might be more enemies, but Kronos' forces were confused as well. As well, giants lowered their clubs. Drachne hissed. Even Kronos' guard looked uneasy. Then, to our left, a hundred monsters cried out at once. Kronos' entire northern flank surged forward. I thought that we were doomed, but they didn't attack. They ran straight past us and crashed into the, their sudden, southern allies. A new ho blast of horns shattered this night. The air shimmered. In a blur of movement, movement, an entire cavalry appeared as if dropping out of light speed. Yeah, baby! A voice wailed. Party! A voice of arrows arched over our heads and slammed into the enemy, vaporizing hundreds of demons. But these weren't regular arrows. They made whizzy sounds as they flew, like, Whee! Someone had pinwheels attached to them. Others had boxing gloves rather than points. Centaurs! Annabeth yelled. The Barty Pony army exploded into our mists, and a riot of colors, tie-dye t-shirts, rainbow afro wigs, oversized sunglasses, and war-painted face. Some had slogans crawled across their flanks, like Horses Pun or Kronos Sucks. Hundreds of them filled the entire block. My brain couldn't process everything I saw, but I knew if I were the enemy, I'd be running. Percy! Chiron shouted across the sea of wild centaurs. He was dressed in armor from the waist up, his bow at his hand, and he was grinning his satisfaction. Sorry we're late. Dude! Another centaur yelled. Talk later! Waste monsters now! He locked and loaded a double-barrel paint gun and blasted an enemy hellhound with bright pink. The paint must have been mixed with celestial bronze dust or something, because as soon as it spattered on the hellhound, the monster yelped and dissolved into pink and black puddle. 
Party ponies, a centaur yelled. South Florida chapter. Somewhere across the battlefield, a tangy voice yelled, Black Heart of Texas chapter. Hawaiians own your faces, a third one shouted. It was the most beautiful thing I'd seen. The entire Titan army turned and fled, pushed back by a flood of paintball arrows, swords, and Nerf baseball bats. The centaurs trampled everything in their path. Stop running, you fools, Kronos yelled. Stand and... Ack! The last part was because a panicked Hyborian giant stumbled backwards and sat on top of him. The Lord of Time disappeared under a giant blue butt. We pushed them for several blocks until Chiron yelled, Hold! On your promise, hold! It wasn't easy, but eventually the order relayed up and down the ranks of centaurs, and they started to pull back, letting the enemy flee. Chiron's smart, Annabeth said, wiping the sweat off her face. If we pursue, we'll get too spread out. We need to regroup. But the enemy... They're not defeated, she agreed, but the dawn is coming. At least we've bought some time. I didn't like pulling back, but I knew she was right. I watched it as the last of the telekines scuttled towards the East River. Then, reluctantly, I turned and headed back towards the Empire State Building. We set up a two-block perimeter with a command tent at the Empire State Building. Chiron informed us that the party ponies had sent chapters from almost every state in the Union— 40 from California, 2 from Rhode Island, 30 from Illinois. Roughly 500 total had answered his call, but even with that many, we couldn't defend more than a few blocks. Dude, said a centaur named Larry. His t-shirt identified him as Big Chief Chief Uber Guy, New Mexico Chapter. That's more fun than our last convention in Vegas. Yeah, said Owen from South Dakota. He wore a black leather jacket and an old World War II army helmet. We totally wasted them. Kyron patted Owen on the back. You did well, my friends, but don't get careless. Kronos should never be underestimated. Now, why don't you visit the diner on West 33rd and get some breakfast? I hear the Delaware chapter found a stash of root beer. Root beer! They almost trampled each other as they galloped off. Kyron smiled. Annabeth gave him a big hug, and Mrs. O'Leary licked his face. Ack, he, gum- he grumbled. Enough of that dog. Yes, I'm glad to see you too. Chiron, thanks, I said. Talk about saving the day. He shrugged. I'm sorry it took so long. Centaurs travel fast, as you know. We bend distance as we ride. Even so, getting all the centaurs together was no easy task. The party ponies were not exactly organized. How do you get through the magic defenses around the city? Annabeth asked. They slowed us down a bit, Chiron admitted. But I think they're not intended. For mo- I think they're intended mostly to keep mortals out. Kronos doesn't want puny humans getting in the way of his great victory. So maybe other reinforcements can get through too. I said, hopefully. Chiron stroked his beard. Perhaps, though time is short. As soon as Kronos regroups, he will attack again. Without the element of surprise on our side, I understood what he meant. Kronos wasn't beaten, not by a long shot. I hoped half. I half hoped Kronos had been squashed under that Hyperborean giant's butt, but I knew better. He'd be back tonight at the latest. In Typhon? I asked. Chiron's face darkened. The gods are tiring. Dionysus was incapitated yesterday. Typhon smashed his chariot, and the wine god went somewhere down in Appalachians. No one has seen him since. Hephaestus is out of action as well. He was thrown from the battle so hard he created a new lake in West Virginia. He will heal, but not soon enough to help. The others will fight. They've managed to slow Typhon's approach, but the monster cannot be stopped. He will arrive in New York by this time tomorrow. Once he and Kronos' forces combine...
Then what chance do we have? I said. We can't hold out another day. We'll have to, Alia said. I'll see about setting some new traps around the perimeter. She looked exhausted. Her jacket was smeared in grime and monster dust, but she managed to get to her feet and stagger off. I will help her, Chiron decided. I should make sure my brethren don't go too overboard with the root beer. I thought too overboard pretty much summed up the party ponies, but Chiron cantered off, leaving Annabeth and me alone. She cleaned the monster slime off her knife. I'd seen her do that hundreds of times, but I never thought about why she cared so much about the blade. At least your mom is okay, I offered. If you're calling, if you're call fighting Typhon okay, she locked her eyes with me. Percy, even with the centaur's help, I'm starting to think. I know. I had a bad feeling this might be our last chance to talk, and I felt like there were a million things I can't, I hadn't told her. Listen, there were some visions Hestia showed me. You mean about Luke? Maybe it was just a safe guess, but I got the feeling Annabeth knew what I'd been holding back. Maybe she'd been having dreams of her own. Yeah, I said. You, Thalia, and Luke, the first time you met, and the time you met Hermes. Annabeth slipped her knife back into its sheath. Luke promised me he'd never let me get hurt. He said, he said we'd be a new family, and it would turn out better than his. Her eyes reminded me of that seven-year-old girl in the alley, angry, scared, desperate for a friend. Dahlia talked to me earlier, I said. She's afraid that I can't face Luke, she said miserably. I nodded. But there's something else you should know. Ethan Akmora seemed to think Luke was still inside, alive in his body, maybe even fighting Kronos for control. Anbeth tried to hide it, but I could almost see her mind working on the possibilities, maybe starting to hope. I didn't want to tell you, I admitted. She looked up the Empire State Building. Percy, for so much of my life, I felt like everything was changing. All the time, I didn't have anyone I could rely on. I nodded. That was something most demigods could understand. I ran away when I was seven, she said. Then, with Luke and Thalia, I thought I'd found a family, but it fell apart almost immediately. What I'm saying? I hate it when people let me down. When things are temporary. I think that's why I wanted to be an architect. To build something permanent, I said. A, mon a monument to last a thousand years. She held my eyes. I guess that sounds like my fatal flaw again. Years ago, in the Sea of Monsters, Annabeth was told... Me, Annabeth had told me her biggest flaw was pride, thinking she could fix anything. I'd never seen a glimpse of her deepest desire. I'd even seen a glimpse of her deepest desire, showing her t by the siren's magic. Siren, siren's magic. Annabeth had imagined her mother and father together again, standing in front of a newly rebuilt Manhattan, designed by Annabeth. And Luke had been there too, good again, welcoming her home. I guess I understand how you feel. I said, but Dahlia's right. Luke has already betrayed you so many times. He was evil even before Kronos. I didn't want him to hurt you anymore. And Beth pursed her lips. I could tell she was trying not to get mad. And you'll understand if I keep hoping there's a chance you're wrong. I looked away. I felt like I'd done my best, but that didn't make me feel any better. Across the street, the Apollo campers had set up a field hospital to tend the wounded. Dozens of campers and almost as many hunters. I was watching the medics work and thinking about our slim chances of ho holding for Mount Olympus.